start. We'll just start recording. Welcome, guys, to Coach's Corner. Blah blah blah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're back. Um, we haven't recorded an episode in a few weeks, but we are back, and we are doing a Q and A. Um, this is why we record extra episodes because we didn't get to record last week. So now we have an. Ep- now right. we have. Now we're. Now we're actually on a uh, roll of week by week basis of episodes. Um, so you guys asked some good questions. Um, you know. Let's get to how our last few days were, though. I mean, mine were pretty sure. hectic, so I'll let you go first. Though. Uh, last few days have been interesting for sure. Um, my, I just like personal stress, I guess. My, my hometown is, uh, we're, you know, with this pandemic stuff, we're implementing a whole bunch of measures. And, it's and automatic, of, automatic, we're demonetized. <laughs> I know. Hey. Well, I, I, we might not be. I don't know. It's, we're uh, gonna get, I, we're gonna I don't want to get We're going to get blackballed right away from saying that. Don't, I don't, don't think so. And I, I don't, <laughs> don't say it. Um, no, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, every, everyone's going through this, right? So it's not a, a new problem to me or you. It's uh, one of these things that covers the entire surface of the planet. So it's, uh, it's been challenging, but I'm excited to do this, man. I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good episode. We had some good questions. Um, it's always nice to do these Q and A's because it kind of lets us know like what people are actually looking for yeah. from us, you know, like, cause a lot of times we're like, Hey, I think people like this, or I think people would want to know about this, but we really have no idea. Like from the audience's, yeah, our exactly. audience's specific perspective, like, well, you know, hopefully we're providing value and it seems to be that <laughs> way. So we'll try to keep doing so. Yeah. So my last seven days were pretty good. Um, business as usual. It's been busy. Work, work life has been busy. So, you know, when work life's busy, everything else is busy. Um, yeah. I get a massage today, which, man, when you get a massage for, like, the first time, you get a really good therapist. Like, you don't understand, um, like, how, like, like you know, like, how much it affects you. And then, like, when you get oh, yeah, them that's... and they're good and you're, like, it's been, like, six weeks since I've had my last one. And I'm, like, oh, I'm feeling it. And, like, of course, that timeline also lined up when I started with a training partner. So, mm-hmm. it's, like, we've been beating each other to the shit for the last, like, for the last six mm-hmm. weeks. And I'm like, oh, this is a good time to give myself like a few extra days rest and just allow my body to like recover um, because he's about to go into a growth phase and I'm already, I'm at like my ceiling of my growth phase basically at this point. Uh, clearly there's no ceiling now because I finally passed the 190 mark. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting over it now and you're hovering there and actually your body seemed to, uh, like when you showed me pictures, maybe two or three weeks ago at like high 189s after some cheat meals, you look better right now at one. 90 and a half than you did like you know a couple pounds later your body seemed to like i hate these i think it's supposing i feel like sense, I, but... I feel like i just i just pose i pose really good i got a fat boy bod well just, that could I be that really that, that could be i mean <laughs> if if so you still get points for that too so right? good for yeah. you <laughs> um, yeah so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off so this is actually from one of my clients um perfect maddie um she is also a coach herself um she is that that jack Blongro? <laughs> that is that you reposted the other day yeah yeah. Uh, yeah well i mean i don't know her you know so like how else am i supposed to identify her you know? <laughs> um and she asked us um what is the hardest part of online coaching so far mm. you want to go first i think we um, should both take a stab at this maybe. so i got asked this yesterday on my q a and i answered it okay and- yeah you know, people are gonna hate us because I'm gonna be. I feel like a fucking broken record. But it's either <laughs> it's it's either the hardest thing is either it's either dealing with hormones, 
and fixing those and telling people there's no time frame or mm-hmm. how to actually train hard. Those because, are really good ones. Which I, which I think feels like a broken record because we literally did like half of our last Q&A, I think, episode yeah, I know. on like training hard. <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that last like half the episode that we did. Um, you guys will really take a lot from that one, actually. Um, but I honestly find that, you know, you could tell people, hey, gun to head mentality, you know, think about that every single time you're doing a set. But like you could see someone doing when they send you a video, it's like, yeah, what you think is gun to head is like the guns down range and you're like over well, here. Well, yeah, it's like, like have you ever felt the cold here. steel up against your temple, you yeah, know? You're like, <laughs> Before, you're like over here, like, like you're over here like shooting a gun at the range. Like yeah. it ain't even on your head. It ain't even someone's yeah. breaking into your house and holding you hostage. Um so I find that just telling showing people how to train hard. Like I could send them as much video of like people who I know, including myself, like of their sets and what failure actually looks like mm-hmm. but it's hard to replicate that in a person because it all comes down to here and you really don't know what's going through someone's head when it's when it's coming down to it so it's a whole psychological component that you're trying to rewire and that t- <laughs> and that takes time like i told someone who's learning i was like hey dude this might take us a few months and he's like a few months and i'm like well it's up to you i'm like it's up to you and how fast you're psych- psychological breakpoint allows us to push through so yeah that that makes total sense to me i i'll take a little bit of a different style about it but it's going to loop back to a similar thing which is my style of coaching is maybe it's unique just like everyone else's so um speaking for myself work a lot on psychological conditioning and i'd say that's the most difficult part because as the roster gets bigger uh it's more people to figure out what they need and figure out how to deliver it to them in a manner that will be pragmatic to them. Because I believe that it's a lot easier. Well, it's not easier. It's uh, more beneficial for the, the, the relationship, especially if we're talking results for the client, when the coach really understands what some of those uh, links holding that person back are and figuring out how to get them you know, get these links fixed in the chain, so to speak. Um, but that can be very difficult because, yeah. you know, we, a trying not to overstep because, you know, I, I do a lot of psychological based stuff in my coaching, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not, you know, so it's like, it depends on why those links are not yeah. functioning smoothly. And uh, I, I know that sometimes it's difficult, right? Cause you're trying not to overstep and, and but you want to help people. So, I'd say for me, managing that is one of them. Um, the second thing is getting people to focus on being better than they were yesterday, not someone, not better than someone uh, is today. Because as my roster gets bigger, this is something I didn't, to be honest, I've never really experienced uh, because I haven't had ever such a roster of like high caliber people that train really hard. You know, and, uh, you know, versus like weight loss. And I'm not saying weight loss people weren't working hard. That's not what I'm trying to get at. It's just that when you get competitive people in a room, uh, it's good. But if I'm not coaching like Olympians, right? So they're not, they don't have like the sports psychology down to a T, but they want to get in the fight. And I love that. But then it's like, geez, 
that person's doing this or this person's doing that. And there's a lot, sometimes a lot of that. And it's difficult to get people off of that. Yeah. I tell people what season of life are you in kind of, kind of term. Um, because I feel like everyone goes through ups and downs, peaks and valleys type different things. And, you know, they can look at someone, you know, who is in a fat loss phase right now. And they're like, Oh, why am I not doing that? Like, because that's not what you need in the moment. That's it's right. like focusing yeah. on you. And I feel like that's really tough too. Cause as coaches, you know, we post our clients on our stories, on our pages. And like, we know the other athletes like on our team, like look at that stuff and they see who's being mm-hmm. posted and things like that. And you're like, well, why am I not being posted or things like that? Like those things. I know. Like, and I'm like, you know, everybody. And this is where it comes down to training hard, right? Is because the thing I learned is if you, if you learn how to train hard, like, like that, like kind of like within that, within that first like month and a half, two months span, right. You learn how to really, really train hard and really bring it to the floor. Even if your form is not down pat, if you learn how to bring intensity, it's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, so it's like those people, like we've talked about, those people change pretty rapidly. Like the yeah. people, like I've had multiple conversations this week over people I've posted, some of my guys, and they're like, how do these guys change the rep? I'm like, they train their asses off. I'm like, these guys learn. Which allows me to feed them and recover better. Yeah, and, you know, it's like a downward spiral learned, of what that does. Yeah, like these guys learned right away. Like it was more so their mindset kind of clicked right away. And I'm like, that doesn't happen for, mm-hmm. like we said, when you're, when you're in high caliber, like these people that I'm posting are high caliber people. Mm-hmm. They're not, these people are people who want to get on stage. They're not people who are yeah. the typical, you know, 30 year old, hey, I just want to get in shape type thing, right? Um, or I got to fix hormones, especially with those people. Like I said, that's probably one of the hardest things because you're dealing with an expectation of, Hey, when do we get to do this? When do we get to do this? When do we get to do this? Um, and- so are you pretty upfront? I think I know the answer to this. Sorry to, to interrupt, but, uh, I wanted to expand on that very quickly. Are, are you, uh, are you pretty, how do you say upfront about that? So like, for instance, I, 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 I have a few, multiple clients, but I had a conversation that came into my mind when I heard you talking about this, which is, uh, I said something along the lines of like, Hey, look, the shitty thing is here, here's the shitty thing. I'm going to level with you, you know? <laughs> and, and I, and I said to her, I said, look, you, you're probably going to see me take on a bunch of clients that are like two to three months in and you're still going to be on the roster and they're going to probably change much faster. You know, like as I bring new people on, there's going to be these people that just work with me for two months. And it's like, looks like they fucking ate the other person and bolted a new physique on. And I said, like, we're not even going to have your one blood work problem figured out by that, to be honest with this complex of a case as this is, you know, and, I just don't know what else to do with that. I try to be honest with people and, and talk about the positives and the things that we can do and try to get people to just control their controllables. But what about you? Are you, cause I know some people are scared to say, you know, like, geez, you better put your bootstraps on for a good year, you know? And I, I don't mind saying that cause I don't want people to be disappointed, but everyone's I, different. I tell them, I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. I completely do that. Like right off the bat. Like if I see blood work, that's, that's, 
I wouldn't say bad, that needs to be improved. Yeah, it needs, multiple, needs some improvement. In multiple different facets. Um, I'm like, hey, this is going to take a bit. Like, because when you think about it, and this is typically on the female side too, right? Like this is yeah. like for, for males, I'm going to put this out there. For males, it's a lot easier to improve low birth. Mm-hmm. You're dealing Sounds with a lot of different things with, with the way of their physiology and stuff like that, that, you know, just happens to make, they're more, they're more susceptible to stress, right? Males. So they could deal with stress yeah. better, like just naturally. And that in and of itself is just a huge difference maker, right? When it comes down to things. Um, and like I said, you're also dealing with someone's psychology too. Like we're not therapists, but you're dealing with how someone thinks every single day. Like yep. you're dealing yeah, with that. Sure you am. have to rewire those bad habits that go along with whatever that thinking does too. And so it's like, how long is it going to take to just rewire the habits? How long is it going to take to rebuild the sleep? How long is it going to take to rebuild the actual stress perception um, and stress management? Like these things, like I was actually talking about this with um, my man on Instagram, his handles, every calorie counts. Um, and he, and we were just talking about, he posts like the amount of time his transformations actually take because people, cause you never, you never see people post about how long did it actually take for this to happen? Because, you know, coaches don't want to say that because, cause it kind of markets like, Hey, we did this and this, but no one knows how long it took. Right. Um, but I'm very upfront with things when it comes down to hormones. I'm like, Hey, I can't even give you a time. And that's my job as a coach to tell you that because if a coach is giving you time to actually, if your coach is telling you, Hey, we can fix it in this amount of time. Yeah, you need to like leave absolutes. Because they're going to yeah. go to, me- they're going to go to measures that are not safe for you to, to get to where you need to be. Um, well, anytime you frame a question with an outcome in mind, you know, like you're going to move towards that at whatever means you deem necessary to do so pretty much like psychologically I, it's not even a malicious thing it's just that's how it works you know it's yeah. the same with debate the, the topics of a debate are the debate you know like once you already set the substructure of what things are going to be about or how they're going to go and then start moving towards it as like an inverse hypothesis yeah that's never going to create a good good work in my opinion exactly in science so I'm or just anything like, so i'm just like you have to you have to be upfront with people because if you're not upfront with people they're going to get frustrated at some point because it's like, Oh, I'm not changing physically. Yeah. But what's going yeah. on? In- yeah. But what's going on inside? What's your biofeedback saying? Is your biofeedback improving? Then it's just a matter of time before the outside changes. Right? Like, so it's, it's having to be honest. I think that's also a really hard part with that's also the last, I'm going to say this is the last hard part is being honest. Like you can get caught up in coaching in such emotions, like, especially when you've been working with someone for like a year, or something yeah and you feel for their case and their yeah, and like their body and starts the and their body starts not responding the same way and you kind of start to get like emotional about things and you feel like mm-hmm. you get guilt and things like that and then you try to make these drastic moves whereas you need to just take a breather as a coach you need to step back like literally take like 10 deep breaths step back and think about it from you can't you can't have that emotional connection but it's the toughest thing to actually do every single week right is making those decisions that are not emotionally driven but looking at the data 
and what does the data and the human say? Because that's going to be the biggest drivers, right? So yeah, setting the expectation. Yeah. So in all actuality, I literally think in that order, um, training hard. Yeah. Because that's literally going to be a driver for a lot of people when it comes down to fat loss and it comes down to muscle gain. It's also a continued driver. Like it's something that you can shift gears. Like you'll, you'll get someone to think, Oh, that's really hard. And you look and it's like, yeah, that is really hard compared to what they're doing. Six months later, you've molded them an inch and inch and inch and inch. And that's kept their transformation going. Yeah. That's what you're doing right now. Like, yeah. you know, you started off training by yourself, increasing, titrating up food, titrating up food because you've got a very uh, hands-on coach. And as you got stronger and warranted more food, and then you got a training partner that shifted gears. So like all these things you've added in, have kept your body recomposition gaming process moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I said. Yeah, because it's all, but the basis came down to learning how to train hard. That's correct. Literally what it did. So I think training hard, then hormones, and then actually not being emotionally attached to clients after working with them because a lot of our clients are long-term. Um, yeah. So I don't have, I don't have a client. Like I have a few clients I started working with in the last month. But a lot of majority of my clients, I started working with seven, six, seven months ago. Same here. Like most, more. like most, most, most. Like, yeah, like more or most. My longest client is like a year now. And I have a guy who I worked with like a year and a half ago who we worked with for like a year. He took like a, he took like a two month break. He's coming back on. Cool. So it's like, so, I mean, you know, you just have to make sure that you're not emotionally attached to these people. Um, okay. Uh, that was longer than I expected. For yeah, that's for, okay. For question Next one. question. Um, do you have a question? Uh, yeah, but I'm using my device. The question is on. So could you find it? Cause I sent it to you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and just cause I know um, you're staring at your phone. Any, any of them, any pick, pick any. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Just what um, do you think's good? Are carbs necessary post-workout? This is going to be a quick banger. I think I'm gonna uh, this first. I mean, if you're tr so the prerequisites, if you're training hard, <laughs> if you're you know you're you're into a position in your training where you're trying to you know grow muscle recomp, the answer is absolutely yes. I think uh, post workout. If I just also had to add, like the we've talked about the period workout window, so I don't want to burn that chip to the ground. But if I was personally picking, and Anthony might have a, this, might be interesting because maybe there's a difference here that we could kind of talk about. Post-workout would be my preferred place to have, if I had to pick, I don't want to have to, but like, oh, if a, I was going to go in, I got a different view. So, so that's why, that's why I'm saying, right. So if I was to send someone in, I would rather send someone in fasted and, uh, it depends on the person, obviously, but most people I find I would rather send them in fasted and have a huge post-workout meal versus have a huge, uh, pre-workout meal and, uh, eating a little bit like less later. Now, granted that they ate something proper, like in hours before that, you know, <laughs> like I'm not saying like a 25 or 36 hour fast, nothing wild like that, you know? Yeah. Like, like a typical eight. Yeah. No, I, um, I think they are necessary not directly after. Um, but I mean, that's the way that I at least program things where I have, yeah, of course, for a majority of my people. So they don't need, um, where they don't need like meal like right away like you can wait well and you're a heavy um, you're a heavy intra uh pusher like compared to me to be honest you are i, uh, I, I, I use like a quarter of what what probably like per person <laughs> on average i probably use a quarter of the intra workout that you do or maybe one third maybe a quarter i'm very i'm very aggressive with my protocols 
Yeah, uh, and I don't think that it's a bad thing by any and, means. And, you know, I learned from that. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. Uh, some people don't need it. Do you want to know what it is, bro? This is really interesting. Uh, I think part of the reason that I – it's because you started coaching after being coached by a bodybuilding coach. And <laughs> I went through weight loss, right? Yeah. So like my brain is still telling me like, it's just like calorie. It's just like, get, well, but, but so, so I want to tell you the logic. Um, I find that even most high caliber people have eating relationship problems. Oh, oh I mean, and, oh, I and, think, and I think we both do. <laughs> yo, of course. And, uh, and so I wasn't excluding myself and mine actually much better, but I've lived through a lot of them. And I find that. So, so here's where I find, I find it very, uh, most clients are not nailing the plan at 95% accuracy. Most it's yeah. 85, 80, 90, maybe that's really good. And so until someone is showing me that 95% accuracy through the week, which is their overall general macros, that tells me that there's a satiation problem. There's a psychological mm-hmm. block. So for to you, obvious, it's like, Hey, you're not, you're not winning with this, this tool. And I'm going to give you a worse tool and expect you to win kind of, because it's like, Hey, all of a sudden, if I flap out 80 grams or hundred grams of carb in your intra, I actually can get behind the fact that for the right person, that is probably actually quite beneficial. However, it's like, if you're not proving to me that seven, like for weeks straight, you can hit 90 or 95%, then you're not ready for that type of protocol. That's the way I look at it. I'm not saying I'm correct at all. I I'm with you. I actually have someone who is a general nutrition person. Um, right now he joined about, uh, three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and he actually asked in his plan, he's like, no intra. And I was like, you have to prove to me that you could train hard to earn the intra. People just don't get intra workout carbs. Like, yes, there's, I find, you know, as much as we care about the peri workout, I care more about the pre and post workout meals. Um, and this is kind of the, answer. Oh, yes. we're going into, we're going into a very large tangent over where we were. Um, I do think post-workout carbs are necessary, um, but that will actually be the first place I take the carbs from in a majority of fat loss cases. Um, when it comes that makes sense. to out of, actually, the peri, out, of the peri, yeah. out of the peri workout window, that's where I would take the carbs from. Because like we have said, performance is the driver for muscle retention and muscle gain right? Like breaking down that muscle and making sure yeah. you can rebuild it. Um, and I believe that, Hey, you're going to get a bolus amount of carbs anyway, like throughout, like throughout your time. Right. Um, yeah. and that pre-workout meal is so important to actually charge that workout and having the intra is another refresher for that second half of that workout. Like it kicks in yep. and you like feel good. And if you're able to go into the gym, you're able to smash like 50, like, I think a lot of people underestimate how big of PRs you need to be hitting. You don't need to be hitting 100% PRs every single session, and it's not going to. But if you hit like 40, 40 to 60% PRs yeah. in a session, I consider that, and you retain reps on everything else, that's a success. Because I bet you go back the next time and you retain the reps that you got on the ones that you PR'd last week, and you PR the ones that you retained. Like, that's, that's right. how that's a pattern that I see a lot. So, Post-workout carbs are definitely necessary. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I prefer if if we're getting down to the nitty-gritty where we have to put our carbs in specific yep. places, pre, and then I'll take out intra. Intra is the next place I'll take out of, right? I think pre-workout carbs are the, they are the number one. 
um, out of everything that I do um, because it literally dictates your performance um, in a way, um, how you actually produce it. So, you know, but you are right. I come from a bodybuilder coach who pushes things very, very No, hard. it's, a, it's, 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 yeah, it's honestly, it makes perfect sense. And uh, so but there's like, the, these, these are those, exactly. And these are those emotional biases. And I'm not, uh, <laughs> I, I also don't want to, I want to make sure I like to play very uh, on the cusp, out on a limb hypotheticals, because yeah. I know, I think I have, a, I understand how people think. Because the thing is, is what you and I would say to the answer to that question is, well, Bo, I want you nailing your pre-workout. I want you <laughs> training hard as fuck. And then I want you to eat a good post-workout meal. The thing is, is a lot of lists. I know that five years ago or six years ago, I would be listening to something like this and thinking, well, yeah, of course, that's great. It's like when I used to go to the doctor and he'd tell me, Dylan, I think you'd feel a little bit better if you'd lose some weight. Well, I'm 300 pounds. You don't think I, fuck, you don't think I don't know that? It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I can't do that right now to a hundred percent. So like what, that's why I like to say, like, if I had to pick one or, you know, yeah. cause I know that a lot of people probably will be picking one, you know, yeah. and just nailing that first, which is okay. And then you try to add, you know, you, you pick up better habits and more, let's say intensity techniques in your training and nutrition, uh, as we move on, you know, yeah. as we get more experience. So I think that's a, I think we nailed that. Perfect. So have yep. carbs in your pre-workout, you know, and then fruits and veg, fruits and veg outside. Um, Correct. get your micros in um that's really how i kind of coach so if you want to break down yep. how i coach that's that's literally it that's it <laughs> you, just, you just stole my 200 dollars a month value right there <laughs> 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 um next one this is from one of my followers uh rob i think it's robbie robbie yaz what are your thoughts on weekly free meals versus daily increased cows for bulk okay this is going to be interesting because I'm at the point where I'm doing, I was talking to talking to someone beforehand, but I'm doing like, uh, I'm, I'm actually getting a free day as a break <laughs> just because of like the food we've been pushing and like the amounts you're going to eat less, bro. Oh, I, I know. You. I'm probably going to drop fucking your meat. macros it's will be, be the, uh, it's like going to be the fats. It's going to be the fats yeah. that are going to be skewed off. Right. Fats, fats are yeah, gonna be well, that's why, that's why I got dark chocolate. The 95% dark chocolate is the golden. Well, you know, I'm about that. Like, that 20 that 20 grams of fat in four bars of dark chocolate yep. four is squares good. man um but there comes a point in time i'll answer this first because i think this is sure i think there comes a point in time where increase in cows will just be worse um not not more so physically because your body can handle it but just mentally you know there's a point where i've gotten up to i've gotten up to 500 I mean, I'm at like 500 something grams of carbs right now. And I do a weekly free meal on leg day, right? Um, now, of course, I take a meal out and I replace it with that. But that's like, it's more so like not only a mental refresher, it's like a physical kind of, yeah, I can get these calories in kind of pretty easily compared to if you increase daily, increase cows on, in a bulk, you can run. There's going to be a point where digestion is going to fight you it's it's how far can you push that before digestion fights you really that's really kind of determines like it's rate yep. of gain with digestion in terms of in terms of actually putting on muscle um so my thoughts i like to put calories up to a point where where people are good and it just seems like they're just firing like, like, I'm going to come back to this. If they're training hard and they're, and they're, and they're doing what needs to be done. And I want to bring up like 
and I want to bring up a body part. It's not just from frequency of hitting in the workouts. It's actually like, hey, getting a few extra count, like having a high day, like having an actual an actual high day, not just like a 30 gram like carb bump, like having like a free meal in there where you get like a whole extra mm-hmm. plethora of calories to work from. Um, and I think it's actually aided in my strength so far in my leg days, um, so far in the recovery of my legs because my legs would be brutalized. But, you know, I'm all for increasing cows up to a point where, hey, like the person, like you don't want to go until the person starts getting negative feedback loops. Like you want to you wanna keep that right. So there's going to be a point where you push food and a free meal will be pretty okay. Yeah, I, I actually, so again, we, we, this is always funny because we always show our cards kind of within our coaching, but that's what's fun about this. I, my interest, like I'm interested in psychology as much, maybe more, you know, or at, like it's as physiology now. It's, it's really, really a high in my interest list. So when I think about it, I try to think of what's going to get the person the best long-term adherence. Mm-hmm. So if I take a guy who's, uh, let's say eating quite a bit already, he's pretty muscular and trains pretty hard. And we've got his calories up to somewhere where based on what their goal is, you know, not everyone wants to do like massive off season bodybuilder off seasons and gain 50, 40 pounds, you know, like you and mm-hmm. I have, which is, is fine. So it's like, they're a little bit leaner. They're eating quite a bit of calories, training really hard. Recovery seems to be good rather than just throwing another 50 carbs a day at them. I may say, Hey, maybe on Sunday, you and your wife. And like, cause also I understand uh, neurochemical chemistry a tad bit, you know? So it's like, Hey, we've used food to receive dopamine for a long time. That's an ancient system. And we abuse that button way too much in, in yeah, modern it's like, society. It's like, we're just like, just banging that button every day. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, sad. Let's eat food. Yeah. Bing, 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 bang, bing, bing. Yeah, exactly. It's like that staples easy button. But um <laughs> you know that was easy <laughs> but the thing is, is it's fleeting when you when you push the yeah. button too much it stops giving you as much the thing is is that actually works and i would argue that maybe because leg day isn't an, it, for as hard as you train it's an anxiety uh provoking oh, minute 100%. before so if you had some extra dopamine you've got extra fuel i'm i'm wondering if there's like not a psychological aspect to that strength gain too with just like being a little bit more relaxed going in or post session, you know, because I'm, I'm sitting down relaxed. for a meal and uh, <laughs> I know high strung <laughs> motherfucker, but <clears throat> you, you know, you, you sit down, you have a meal, you know, you're doing it quite frequently, but if it's someone that's got a partner and they're now they can go out for supper once yes. a week because their partner's not really, let's say into that lifestyle. And they've just been like they're going along like, with okay. this person's. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Okay. Well, how much positive emotions is that person going to feel now? They're what they're feeling, whatever it is, their partner's going to be happy or, you know, grateful is a better word that they got to spend this time together. They are, that's going to have them coming back, training harder, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, okay. so it just depends on the person. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. Right. Like you look yeah. at, you look at the lifestyle of the person. It's not, yeah. this is where programming comes in. Now the first few months, I don't like to give free meals right? pretty much none it's unless, it, honestly it's like a six months like, <laughs> like i have someone who's, like i have someone who's a 16 year old who's coming on his parents signed permission um he's talked with like the head coach of my team 
um, and he and he's going to team up with me, and he plays football and things like that, right? This kid, this kid's like six foot three, one hundred seventy pounds. I'm like, dude, have a free meal every week. Oh yeah. I'm like, have yeah, one yeah. to two actually. I'm like, yeah. and that's right off the bat though, because it's all person dependent over where they're at. When someone's that young, they could get away with it, and they're they're a hundred percent, and they're they're especially if they start training. And they're playing sports and they start training actually and they start training yeah. hard. Like they actually start training hard. That's like being like, assisted, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like being 16 and getting, you know, the food, the food and the training will be anabolic, you know, like yeah, dude, especially he's if the person's like, got some decent genetics, oh, you know. Dude, you should see his fucking you should see his calories I'm setting, man. He's at like 400 grams exactly. of carbs, like set at. I'm like, dude, your body's gonna soak up. You're gonna everything. be seven, you'll be at 750 by the end of a six-month push, like, probably because it'll just like, keep taking it. I was like, dude, we're gonna get you to 200 pounds. Um, but like, <laughs> but I think it's all person dependent with these things. Um, like for me, sure. for example, hey. If Mark looked at me, like I live, I live by myself. I don't have any family like near me. It's like I live, I live a very, very strict lifestyle when it comes down to things, right? A routine lifestyle. Yeah, routine where my gym is five minutes away from me. My grocery store is ten minutes away. Um, I yeah. really, I really don't leave my place outside of like you know doing that. I left my place for the first time last week to actually go to like a birthday party, and I was like, oh my god, I left. Um, <laughs> For, for, I've actually went out and bet social for the first time in like a year and a half. Um, but you know, for me, a 50 gram carb increase will probably do me better than that. But the psychological effect of going out and like, Hey, yep. if I have friends and, and like, I can go out and have this meal. Like it might not have to be on like, like it might not be on leg day. Like he, no, wants, of course he not. wants it preferably yeah. on leg day, but say like my friends wanted to go out to get something to eat. I have that freedom to have that one meal to plan it around that and have, and have that like opportunity to go out because like you said, connection is everything, especially when it comes down to neurotransmitters and neurochemistry. Yep. Like you want to make sure your serotonin's good. You want to make sure that your dopamine's on a good level. Like these factors. Unfortunately, are- we're a species that rely on other people to provide us with those exactly. things a lot of the times so exactly. or they're a great source of it. So, yeah. So I think, in terms of my preference, if if you're at a stage where you're under a certain amount of like calories, I say no. I say just increase yeah. your car, increase your calories throughout every day. Um, if you're gonna go with if you're gonna go with off days, increase them through fats because you won't need as many carbs. Um, now, of course, you want to raise carbs periodically on your on your off days to allow yourself to get that glycogen storage up. Um, but you know you won't need carbs as much on those days. Um, so, and then, and then if you, like, if you're, if you're in college or you're doing things or you have a, like, if you have a significant other or you have these things, having a weekly free meal, especially in a bulk is not going to do any harm. If you just plan accordingly with things, Mm -hmm. just like, just like, Hey, if you want to keep your rate of gain at a certain amount, just like plan it out. You know, you could, you could plan out your free meal if you want. It's not too hard. Most yeah. people have menus on my fitness pal. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy to do that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of both just at like, like every single answer context. Yeah. It depends, <laughs> but that's why I wanted to expand on it and give some situations. Cause I think that's why maybe people are liking this podcast. Cause sometimes I think you and I, uh, we, we give we examples. Think like, geez, we actually give yeah, examples but, though. 
when we talk uh, amongst ourselves, we're like frick, we expanded on that a lot, you know, and it's like sometimes it's like, well, but I think people like that. They don't want just two word answers. They're, they're trying to figure out where they fit in the ethos. Like what you know what I mean? Best, like what are the, what's what all this context? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is a good one. Um, do you have a morning or night routine? Um, I do. So yes, um, I need to be, I, I honestly, I probably hit it at 70% accuracy, which Same. needs to be better. Um, but yes, I, I'm supposed to, yes. I try, so my morning routine uh, basically includes not looking at my phone uh, till after the gym, which is usually, you know, 9, 9.30 a.m. And le- like, when I say not looking at my phone, I mean not checking social media or emails or texts, uh, WhatsApp mm-hmm. stuff, unless it's really important. Um, just trying to get my own workout in. I try to listen to something productive on Audible, usually, or podcasts or, or YouTube, if it's depending sometimes training motivation. Um, I always shower first thing in the morning, so that's part of my routine for sure. Um, I don't eat. I basically get my shit ready and go to the gym, prepare my intro workout carbs kind of thing, and that's it. Um, as far as a nighttime routine, um, cannabis is in my nighttime routine for sure. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's really good for me. Uh, so that that really helps me. Um, I try to spend some time with my fiance. Most of the time, we have sort of things planned out. So my my routine is always pre-planned for me more in the evenings. Like my morning routine is a little bit more. You can hear this I, baby screaming, right? Oh yeah, I can. I for sure can. Can you, can you yeah. actually? Oh, this is great. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Like very, very clearly. <laughs> Good. Nice. Thanks. But yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my, uh, no, my, my fiance plans my, my nighttime routine. So that's, I'm going to blame her and say that that's why it's probably not a little more accurate like pre pre-engaged life and and all that stuff I definitely was a bit better on my sleeping but sometimes I have to I choose to sacrifice it because it's like hey she's a shift worker you know working in healthcare which you can imagine that's been an interesting couple of years um so and I'm a I'm busy entrepreneur man I honestly work from usually eight to eight most days you know like yeah yes I have some days off yes I because I have some freedom I travel here and there when it's allowed and you know like I have benefits to my life that are, I'm very grateful for but I do work very hard and uh sometimes I have to prioritize spending some time with her versus like getting the perfect sleep you know exactly. and uh you'll get more out that's, of you'll get more out of with her it's t- it's it's you know exactly it's tough but, but yes I do have a routine and I think it's important to have one I think that so uh I want to basic this very quickly my morning routine I try to wake up at the same time every day mm-hmm. regardless of what time I've gone to bed and I know that right. sounds That's counterintuitive, right. um, but honestly, I think that it sets your circadian rhythm up to yep. just feel much better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I take my health supplements right when I wake up. So that's kind of something. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because that also I'm getting like a liter or half a liter of water in, uh, depending on Thursday I'm from the night, basically kind of within 20 minutes of waking. Yep. And then I usually check my blood sugar. So those are the three things that I are very stable you know like I pretty much do that every single day I try to get up at the same time which I do actually probably 90 to 95 percent of the time I take my subs and I check my blood sugar those are the three things that I are in routine and the other stuff like trying to get in some audio learning or different things I'm only hitting that maybe 70 but I do know that when I'm I've gone weeks where it's like 100 
or, or something. And I feel better. If I try to get outside, if I have time to have that, those supplements, that water and hit a walk and get sunlight on my face before any blue light, that's amazing. But I, I I'd be lying if I said I'm nailing that because yeah. it's just, uh, I'm not my, I do have a morning routine. My night routine is very shit. Um, I will say I'm usually on my phone. Some people same fuck. I'm working until like 10 o'clock at night. Some people just like, some people just send messages really late and I get, and like, this is kind of like me trying, I need to set a boundary for this. And I have a boundary (laughs) and I have a boundary set. I'm like, after eight 30, I won't respond, but I catch myself at like nine 30, 10 o'clock, like answering like training videos, you know, (laughs) Um, see a good um, set. And you're like, Oh, you know, like that's me. Or you see something that needs to be improved. And like, when I go to like, when I go to like do someone's form or change someone's form, it's not just a video. Like typically I have, like, like I said before, I have like my lacrosse stick. And I'm just like, and I'll just like make a video, like using a, using that as like the barbell. And I'll be like, Definitely. Okay, okay, here's how for like the 80th time I'm going to record a barbell RDL, RDL, uh, but I think, I think a morning routine is very, very imperative. I think it's, I think a morning routine is so much better. It's so much more important than a night routine, a night routine. You really just have to dim the phone. Like in all reality, that's going to be the biggest thing, right? With, with it is just dimming, dimming your lights and like, just like actually like doing something that's not like your phone related. Like I'm probably the worst example. I shouldn't be like, Hey, as a coach, we do everything opposite now. Like when you start to get busy, you do everything opposite of what you tell your people to do. Is you're like, go to bed later. You're like, keep going to bed later. Let's work later. Um, let's do these things later. It's like everything just comes in, especially me working like a full-time job too. Like, it's just like yes. everything, like I go and I train and I come home and then I eat and I rest for like 20 minutes. It turns into like 30, 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I got some work I got to do. And then, and then you're just like, do the work. Um, but <laughs> my morning routine never changes. It's always wake up at like 6.45. Same. 6.45-ish. I go to bed usually around 10, 30 or 11 every single night yep. um so i'm not directly getting i struggle with actually getting a ton of deep sleep so i Me gotta too. work on i gotta work on that that's probably due to it's probably due to this thing um uh, for me it's probably due to cannabis because sometimes i smoke weed too late i think yeah the, it's THC probably due, can... as much as i put my phone on night mode like all day it's probably due to me like just staring at my phone um but i wake up at like 6 45 weigh myself or take a piss wake myself and then i Get my huge morphogen. Morphogen, you guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements. Um, <laughs> Dead. <laughs> um, but uh, I use this thing, and this thing's like a 35-ouncer. Um, I'll, I'll take, like, my fish oil, my morpho test first because I'll take those fasted supplements that I could take. Yeah. Um, now, fish oil, I typically do take with a meal. Like, I might take with meal one if I forget. But it has vitamin D and everything, but it already has five grams of fat, so – it should be enough for fat soluble. It should be enough for the vitamin D to actually get absorbed. Um, mm-hmm. So I take that and I go directly on a walk. Like I'll get outside. I'll go for, I'll go for like a 30, 40 minute walk. Um, now I got the privilege of working from home still. So if I wasn't working from home, I probably wouldn't be able to get this walk in. <laughs> truly that makes honest. sense. I'd probably be prepping my meals, which is the point that I'm not looking forward to whenever in life we start to go back to work because I'm going to be fucked um <laughs> in terms of everything um it's gonna be like when are you gonna do work uh i gotta go to work i can't answer my stuff during work it's like mm-hmm. so um it will kind of be yeah but 
morning routine is so imperative. Like if I don't get that walk, I feel it. But if I but if it's raining, I have a caveat. If it's raining, I always I always just walk around my apartment just in like circles. And yeah. I'll get my five thousand steps by doing that, but I'll put on like a J three university thing on like my my phone. And I'll walk around with my phone, even though it's a ton of blue light. I don't like getting a ton of blue light, but I'll like walk around and do at least a little audio. No matter what I'm doing, I'll do a, I'll do a podcast like first thing in the morning. Um, yeah. I won't listen to music. I just I listen to a podcast of some educational basis. Um, in terms Same, of Same, I try to. Um, because I got a few that I like. I like Gifted Performance. I like I like Austin's OPD whenever he comes out with episodes. Um, Excellence Cartel. Things like that, whatever. I kind of just pick one, and I kind of just choose. And I'm just like, hey, let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, but that sets my day up. That walk, that walk, really sets my day for how I'm going to do things because I hundred percent because I tell the days. Um, so yes, have a routine. You need one. Demi deadlifts asked that one. She also asked the last. One. Is that is that a she? Yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> make sure. Um, hmm. What do we want to go with? We have. I can't answer this, so I'm going to let you kind of answer this because you're the king of this. Uh-oh. Um, benefits and importance of organ meats um, plus is pill form as effective? I can't answer this because uh. I do not I do not eat organ meats. Dylan's been trying to convince me to eat organ meats ever since we started podcasting together, and I still, <laughs> and I still will not. Um, I know I'm getting like and- a – uh, uh, what do you call this? Like an ammo. It's like, you know how Rogan tells everyone to DMT and eat elk meat. I'm like organ <laughs> meats and something else. Probably. You know? I will not, I will not do it. Um, but I know there is, I think there is beef. There's like a beef liver supplement that oh, I yeah, think lots. is benefit that I think is beneficial. Right. If I'm, Oh hell yeah. In the pill. Yeah. Form. So all the, what, what she's talking about. So the pill forms are still they're. I hate to use this word because I own a store that where everything is, processed but they still are processed uh mm-hmm. so usually the good high quality ones will just be desiccated freeze-dried organ meat powder so they just freeze dry it so that it can be turned into a powder and then put it in capsules okay but you do lose some of the like blood has a lot of nutrients in it you know like the cooking the meat has a, a has an effect so you're losing some of the benefits for sure it's uh here's the honest to god truth like the science behind how it gets made you would think that it should still provide a pretty massive benefit now besides liver supplements itself like the liver is pretty powerful i I think and that's why but like some of the other ones like you know there is kidney supplements there is uh heart supplements i've never found anyone to have great benefit from that versus eating the product Mm -hmm. you know obviously i mean that's kind of that's with anything but Organ meats can be very powerful when used in the right context, in my opinion. Um, you know, like they're like nature's multivitamin. Uh, it's a way, so most people are lacking most. What are the two things that people have the most trouble getting in? To me, it's protein and micronutrients. And you well, out both those with that. Yeah, very easily in a actually a lower volume than what people think. You know, oh, like yeah. if you, uh, you know, like a hundred grams of like liver bison liver or you know thyroid anything like that any of the organ meats it th- there's a lot of micronutrients in can like a hundred can you eat a thyroid of course so people with thyroid problems i have if i can find i will get them eating thyroid <laughs> interesting because uh, it 
Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, because you get there because you get the boba because you get the glandulars. That's correct. Testis. I've had people eat testicles too. This is a huge benefit to that brain. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, see, you're a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) What we're learning here, what we're learning here, is that if you work with Dylan, I don't make people eat this. By the way, I nah nah. He makes you eat this. (laughs) Makes you eat only only a small percentage. Only if you're in only if you're in Canada where you can actually get like. Yeah, we can get where you can actually find organ meats like everywhere, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a a little easier. It's just easier to get like some of the the we have just ranches everywhere. And I'm sure in certain states it's like that, but not most of them, you know, it's like we're we're a little less urbanized here still. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, I think organ meats are really good. I do think that they're not they're a tool. I I, they're a nutritional tool. So I don't think. um like if someone was running really, really high iron scores and things like this, and it's like, well, maybe we're not going to have you eating liver f- four times a day. Them, <laughs> you know, like this. Not, just tell them to not eat the orange box of cream of rice. Of cream of rice. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I recommend them. And if there's, there's always context that's needed, but I, I do recommend them quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we, how are we doing for time? It's 1048. Oh, uh, we, we, gotta... we, we, we. We got a few more minutes to answer yep. a few more use of sweeteners sure. alternatives to them um oh i like this you oh. you can take this one. Oh. uh well i'm about to make protein french toast <laughs> that's going to be using artificial sweeteners so um actually i don't have actually i don't have any stevia so actually i won't be um that was the one thing i forgot to pick up today i say it today great um you know I see a ton of harm in them if you use them at the wrong time. As gotcha. much as as much as we've we've already shit on this person, we're just waiting for our episode to catch up at some point. Leighton Warren says that artificial sweeteners don't do shit. I have evidence that it does. Um, I've seen it affect people. I've seen it bloat people. Um, I've seen people have negative reactions to artificial sweeteners. Now they're not the enemy, of course. Um, in full retrospect, a calorie deficit. Is calorie surplus and deficit rate is going to be king of everything mm-hmm. um, in terms of a lot of things. But um, when you use artificial sweeteners, I find any and people overuse them in today's society. They use them with their coffee and then they use them with then they use them with like their then they get them through sodas and things like that. It's people like abusing them. Mm-hmm. And where, for the whole day, morning till night. Yeah, that's where the issue comes. Um, there is no real alternatives to them, at least none that I I know. Just use, I guess it said use of sweeteners. So just use an artificial. I guess like I don't really, just don't use real sugar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I know I know that Anthony is. Uh, so like we could so like aspartame, sucralose. You know, these are some of the ones that he's probably mentioning a little bit more of. I'm gonna play the devil's advocate because uh, we've talked about something in the past. So if anyone's ever listened to. Um, some of the stuff we've talked about gut health most of the time and I'm with Anthony on this most of the time you know like if you're in a in a gut health protocol cybo case uh, colitis Hashi no any go. of these things it's probably not going to be very good to have anything except for stevia and lung fruit yep. um, and maybe low hung guan I those are the two ones I recommend people use now now I'm going to play my own devil's advocate Okay. And say that there's a lot of people that don't have these pre-existing conditions, that stevia 
does to them what sucralose will do to those cases. Like myself included, I take sucralose way better than stevia. I try to, I have a stevia based pre-workout. So what do you use? Do you use Splenda? What do you use? Uh, so I, so let me rephrase. Cause I actually don't use sweetener at all. I use, <laughs> I own a supplement store. So like they're already in the stuff that I'm using yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, like, I never open. I literally don't think in oh, the last two years I've opened a pack of sweetener <laughs> and like poured them. Um, but, but I, I own a supplement store. So I don't like, think I'm I getting my either. fair share of sweeteners, I don't think you know? I so I'm, I don't think I have either. Truly be honest. Like once I started working with Mark, I kind of cut all sweeteners out of my, yeah, life. I, I, it's in a product. Now, yeah, exactly. Right. So and with, with supplements, so most supplements use sucralose most. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had the stevia pre-workout and every time I have my stomach just doesn't like stevia. It's, it's not my favorite substance for sure. And I've found over the years, lots of people like that actually. And I wish I had more than just like some cheap anecdote and uh to, to talk about this but it's enough now where i'd be pretty confident walking pretty far out on a limb that there's something to it because i've coached enough people to know this yeah. that like they'll use a sucralose based pre-workout for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and then they they hear a podcast or they hear someone on the internet talking about how like a stevia might be better mm-hmm. they try it and then like coaches shit's making me like not good you know and i don't know if that's like an adaptation process or what that is but yeah um so I think that sweetener is, I think there's a lot going on at the individual level. We don't know that that's uh, where I'll leave that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I had, for example, I have one guy. Don't, don't do this. I highly recommend it. Cause he's done that a reason why he was getting bloated fairly often and why he looked inflamed. Um, he was chewing, he was chewing gum, like free sugar free gum in the workout. So I'm like, mm, you're taking in no. all this air and you're taking in all these pockets of air as you're chewing and like you're you're also chewing on like pieces of gum that have that xylitol and some of the worst sugar alcohols are yeah. bad too yeah you know, those are hard to digest. Yeah. yeah stay away from sugar alcohol erythritol yeah that's the worst about, if we're talking about sweeteners and things like that like anything that's sugar-free is 99 percent gonna have sugar alcohols in it because that's your correct. body can't digest it well um but it still count do you still count those towards towards carb count i do um yes like if i was I, honestly i try to stay away from them because they don't suit me well i kind of did that in my eating disorder days where like halo top was coming out and all these things i was trying to fill my mouth <laughs> so did i but things it's like man that's i can't even look at a thing in halo top bro actually <laughs> like, it makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, dude oh dude you want to you want to know something I was I was easily looking yeah, at do. some Halo Top or Ben and Jerry's I was gonna do today, and I was like, oh, ah, yeah. I don't think I can go. I don't think I can go that far. Ben and Jerry's has like the low cal one that isn't like artificial. It's just like it's not as good as the other one. It's about half the calories. Dude, and, I used uh, to that's pile, the one I try to get. I used to pile through. They used to just have regular chocolate, and used to be the bomb. Like their okay, yeah. like their chocolate yeah. flavor Ben and Jerry's. Yep. Yeah. And I remember me. I remember every single weekend as a kid. My dad would like take me to the grocery store and I get like a tub of that and I eat it in like two goes. And I'm like, man, that's easily like, like 1500 calories, like right there. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're like 1500. I'm like, damn. So, um, so yeah. Sugar alcohol, stay away from those. Stay stay away from those. Those, those, I have so much anecdotal evidence that shows that it's causing people bloating and, and just 
stupid amounts of uncomfortability and things like that. So don't don't use yep. those people. Uh, but sweeteners, they're fine. Like it says, it depends. It depends yes. on the person. Um, it depends what you're dealing with. Um, especially if you're dealing with digestive issues, do not do them because it's just going to make, it's just, it's just another thing that's going to like stevia and monk fruit are really the farthest I go with most people with digestive issues. And like you said, if people are reacting to stevia, then it's just strictly monk fruit. Um, yep. So, um, do we want to do any more? No, we're good here. Are we good? Are we stopping here? Maybe we have one more. Oh, we have one more. We have one more. That's really, really fast. Um, fiber intake range plus best fiber source choices. Um, okay, I'll, I'll answer the range. Um, Go ahead. So this is very typical. You can find this literally anywhere on the internet. Um, but 14, I think 14, somewhere around 14 to 16 grams per, for every thousand calories that you have. Um, that's really where I like to be um, for people. So for a lot of my males, it's very, very high. Um, but you don't want to go, now the range you want to stick to that kind of very, very strictly a little bit, but it's very person dependent. Like some females need that 28 grand. Like some people need like 22 grams per like whatever, per like 1500 calories, right? They need like, they need like 22 to 25 grams. Um, some people need like 30 to 40 grams. It's all person dependent too. Um, but you don't want to have, if you start going to the extreme end of it, where you're like, Oh, it's going to be filling. Um, you're going to run to digest. You're going to run to digestive issues. And like we talked about already with bulking, if you're increasing calories, it's, just, it's not going to end. It's not going to end well. Um, you're going to have to choose some high volume sources that aren't, that don't have a ton of fiber in them that digest pretty easily. Um, so yeah, be kind of, be kind of careful when you're getting to that top end range, figure out, figure out how you're feeling. And if you need to take fiber down actually a little bit. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm kind of the same. So it's weird because I have, I, I tell people, I like clients to eat on a general range. It's very calorie dependent, but also most people are in the same average for calories for their, uh, you know, weight, age, gender, et cetera, training experience, muscle, muscle mass, um, probably like 30 to 60 grams is a pretty, you know, like average number for, for mm-hmm. people, depending on where your calories is. I'm personally a low fiber guy. I actually don't feel as good um, having more fiber. I, I have some hypothesis to this. I don't really know. I grew up both mostly eating like very highly palatable foods once in a while and kind of like uh, meat and potatoes and, you know, like things that don't have a lot of fiber. Um, and I didn't eat any vegetables really. So I think I just am a little more sensitive to them purposely or per- personally. So I only have maybe 25 30 grams of fiber in a day but i also have that's what quite I a bit of calories about. right so yeah. that's uh pretty low it'd be about half that uh range so i always tell people to play with it i think that's one of the things we also don't understand on a bio individual level yep. as well as we could because there's just been too many things throughout my coaching career where i'm like Fuck, that doesn't really make sense but sure let's rock it like you know like and like you're like you they shouldn't need this much fiber but they or that little like one of the two and you're little, like yeah and, but all of a sudden their biofeedback is better. Their training performance is like everything about it is telling me, don't just listen to a study, stupid, just to prove yourself. Right. You know, like, just, and I'm like, okay, well then if you're feeling good. So like, as we get 
a little bit more experience, there's a little bit more instinctual to it, but that's a really good uh, range. And sources, sources, honestly, um, try not to beat your body up with too much. Uh, I, I say two know, to one. Uh, so in, insoluble to soluble. You want probably two two to one soluble to insoluble, right? Sol- yeah, soluble to insoluble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I really like yeah. that. I'm, I'm a big fan of berries. Um, berries yeah. are a great source of fiber. Raspberries specifically. I mean, there's a shit ton of fiber for. Like, I'm gonna have some of those for breakfast for pre-training right when we get off this thing. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, they were on sale. Like, I was thinking like, about you. If, <laughs> they were bought on a couple sale. yesterday. Dude, I, I can't. I can't eat them anymore, dude. They start to remind me too much of like the old blue ras pre-workouts I'd be taking back when I was like, uh, man. That, yeah. Like when I started it and I'd be taking like blue raz, like that's what they taste like. And I just get a reminder of like C4 and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, no. you got to put, you got to take the raspberry. This, this takes too much time, but and then you take your blueberry and you shove it in the hole and you make a bunch of those. You load them up like little rocket much, shot. That takes, that I know, but it tastes good, bro. <laughs> that, takes, that tastes, that takes too much time. I don't, you think I have that much time on my hands? You think I'd just be like, click, click. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe. I, and, Dylan, come on. I'm not a man. I'm not a man with like infinite hours over here. There you um, go. But we answered most of the questions. Um, there's a few that we didn't get to, um, but we'll make sure to hit on them whenever next week. If we decide to run another Q&A, we'll definitely hit on them. Um, but we will make sure if we come up with a topic, we'll make sure to nail these kind of first before we do that. Um, so some of the questions we have left are actually we only have one left, I think. Yeah, we only have most important thing you've learned as a coach, which I think goes back to kind of like the hardest thing of coaching. What's the hardest thing? Yeah, what, the most important thing uh, is because I think this is actually maybe a useful question, so we'll take it really quick. So I think that the most, speaking for myself, I don't want to make this sound like this is the important thing to coaching. The thing that I've learned yeah, don't about speak coaching, for me. yeah, in the last uh, in the last little bit is. I think once you have, at least where I was standing in my coaching career, once you have a pretty good base, like someone's probably not going to teach me something about energy balance. Someone's probably not going to teach me about, you know, non-exercise thermogenesis, you know, like all these basic principles that help people get their fat loss or, or, or uh, muscle gain goals. I have a pretty good understanding of the basic physiology stuff. So trusting your instinct because kind of like I made a joke about it, but sometimes, oftentimes, actually, my science knowledge, because I used to be way more, I'm air quoting this, my finger, science-based coaching, and that's a lot in natural bodybuilding, that's like a really coined term that people Mm -hmm. throw around, so like where basically everything, unless it can be pretty supportive, peer-reviewed literature, doesn't get entered into a program, (laughs) that's like how that works, and I had to work hard and it's very, so the answer is this was very important to work hard to throw some of that logic out. Like, even though it's like, oh, so you're not using science. It's like, no, yes, I am. But if what I'm doing from this peer reviewed can't be put into play, it doesn't mean it's garbage, but it, it, it really lowers its value, you know? So I, I, I'm really careful of that now to make sure that if I'm using something, it's got to be able to work in the real world because we're paid for results. We're not paid to know studies. And I mixed that up in my younger years, you know? Yeah. The most important thing is to fuck up. <laughs> um, well, I think that's another way of saying the exact same thing, you know? It's yeah. Very true. I, I just think, I just think it's so true. Like, like 
you know, I fucked up a few times and I've offered to give people money back. Like, because like I fucked up, like as a coach, like as you learn things, like I couldn't read blood work away. Like I didn't know how to, like, I thought I knew how to approach situations. Like you think you always do, right? When you take clients on in the beginning, you're like, ah, it's just macros and training, right? It's just what comes in, what comes out, right? Energy balance. Yeah. yeah. Um, which plays a part, but we've we've purely kind of disintegrated that during our last five episodes of this podcast. That's um, right. So, you know, actually, actually being able to fuck up and learn from it, um, and make those changes that need to be made for that individual. Um, that's the big thing, right? Is not you're not fitting you're not fitting a program, you're not fitting a person into a program. You're fitting the program into the person. Um, yep. Whereas I sometimes got caught up and I mean, I'm still in the beginning phases. Like, it's not like I'm not in the beginning phase. Like as much as I am almost two years into coaching, this is very, very young. I'm still only 23. Like I have so much fucking up to do to actually get to where I want to be. I have a lot more too. And I'm not 23. And it's like, (laughs) and it's just like, I know I'm not the most experienced and that's a risk that people take too. When they come onto my team, right. Is I have self-assurance through the results I've gotten with my people so far, but there's always a risk of taking on someone who's newer to it who might not have seen your case, but taking them on because they do have that knowledge. And if they have the right people behind them, they know how to apply it. Um, so, so I, before you end this, very, I know we have to go. Do, are you honest with people about that t- kind of stuff too? Because uh, I'll, I'll give you a second to think about it because I am, and I don't, so someone will, let's say someone, so I just hired a guy or a guy just hired me who's like a 240 pound heavyweight bodybuilder. I think we talked about this maybe mm-hmm. before a little bit, but I was real with him. I was like, Cam, this is where my personal experiences lie. This is where uh, I haven't worked with many people in your caliber, you know? So I kind of went through like where I saw my strengths for him mm-hmm. and where I saw things that uh, I, I wasn't going to try and front to him and tell him like, I, I know everything about this and that other specific thing that we're going to have to do. But I will, if you trust me, I promise I will give you my hundred percent effort into figuring it out. And I do have a lot of resources that I can utilize to help me figure this out. So yeah. I'm, I'm very upfront. I never want someone to think that I, cause I think in my first go around at coaching, I did uh, way too much telling, not enough showing. So now I have like a phobia, like I, I've beaten myself into the ground so hard that it's flipped. Like I really want to be able to show and not tell at all, you know, like not talk about <laughs> things that I, I can do. It's just like, I just want to show you that I can do it. But sometimes you have to be transparent about where your skills lie. And if someone still says like, no, the way you talk about things, the way you treat your athletes, I want to grow into this with you, then they're making that choice. It's fine. But it's not based off some cheap premonition of you saying like, oh yeah, I've prepped hundreds of bodybuilders and all these people. And it's like, well, if that's not true and they're, they're hiring you on that predisposition, that's, that's yeah, coercion. Like someone, hired, you know, like not- someone, someone hire me. Um, because you know, I've been working with a, a few female hormone cases, right? I've gotten a few yep. cycles back. Um, I'm no by means like the guru, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I have neither a am client I. who's come back to me with severe, severe sleep issues. Um, and I was like, and like talking with her, I didn't know how severe they were when I started with her until I actually started with her, like until I actually like got into the trenches with her. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, these are pretty bad. And I'm like, I've never handled this before, like on this level. 
and there might need to be some medical intervention here. I'm like, gotcha. I'm like, hey, I never dealt with this, but like, it's going to take a ton of time. Like just based off her blood work, there's going to be things that like are just going to, like when you have low progesterone, it just takes a ton. Of yeah. It takes time. time for that baby and to come back up. Like, it's just like, Hey, I've never dealt with someone with really sleep, with really bad sleep issues before. And it's like, she's assuming the risk. And I asked her last week, how's her experience been? She's like, it's been nothing but like incredible so far. Like as much as we're, as much as we're still kind of, we're in like this standstill. Of, Figuring like, it this, out. Instead yeah. of like physique development, because it's not about physique development in those cases, like at all. It's like training's down to like two days a week. So like, Makes sense. Yes. It's like, hey, it's like, you're more so just trusting the inhibition and not a lot of things change. And it's kind of like a frustrating thing of like, why aren't we changing things? It's like, it's because like, sometimes the answers, the answers aren't within the biofeedback and the, and the training, right? Like it usually, that's right. The answer is in what's going to happen in three months when we run blood work again. Correct. Like what's like, what's that showing us? Because that's the real, that's the real thing. And like holding someone for three months to improve blood work is like the bitch of the, the thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you're so, like, you're like the friend that's no fun, you know? Yeah. I'm always up front with people and I'll be like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know why this isn't working, but I'm going to figure out why. And it yeah, might require 100%. more in-depth testing that I've gotten the knowledge to actually analyze and read. Right. Gotcha. So it's like, that's where, that's where that comes in. So if I don't know something, I normally test. Um, I've, come it, to that point, I've come to that point now where I don't convince people to test anymore. I'm like, you come on my team, you're going to be expected. Like if I need to run something like as long as it fits within reason and it fits within budget, like we're going to test. Like Makes it's sense. Not a, it's not a, I'm not guessing and throwing shit at the wall anymore. So, Love that. Because I think that's where I was when I, when I started with, with some of the things. And yeah. it's kind of like, hey, throw this at the wall. Hopefully, hopefully it works. See what happens. Um, but now I take a more analytical approach to it, which I mean, that's my background anyway. So um, makes sense, bro. Well, that was everybody. That's our Q and A. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, guys, for answering for asking questions. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, go share, go subscribe to the podcast, uh, share it on your Instagram story, uh, share it with a friend, um, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Um, you can give us one star, you can give us five stars, but please don't give us one stars. We know you want to give us five. Um, so please do, um, leave us a review if you want. Um, that also really helps greatly. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. We really appreciate you guys participating. Um, maybe we'll run this again. Um, but we'll come back with <coughs> great way. To... <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Um, we'll come back with the, uh, uh, it's starting to turn to allergy season again. It's always like spring and there you go. Um, yeah, so um, we'll come back with a new topic next week. Uh, Dylan and I will get rolling again on weekly recordings, and then yeah, we'll get a little bit back on our team, and then and then we'll run another another monthly Q and A. Um, next month, well, what's what's next month in October? Sometime in October. Yep. Um, yeah, and then we'll get that going. So, if you guys enjoy, thank you very much, guys. Said, and uh, hope you guys have a good day. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Coach's Corner on the Ace of Spader podcast.